everyone, and welcome to tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Bosarge, joined as always by my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, we are 133 days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, and 41 seconds away from the 2023 NFL Draft. There we are. We're entering bowl season. The all-star game conversation's heating up. we got a lot of guys declaring for the draft. So um, and we're going to have a little QB-centric episode today, which I, I think people will like. Some hot-button issues with one of those underclassmen that has declared uh, for this class. Uh, we ask, as always, if you're watching us along in the chat tonight, drop you a question there in the comment section uh, or on Twitter, at uh, Draft Countdown. Shoot us a question there. And or if you're a member of our Discord, uh, go to the podcast section there and ask us a question. If you're not a member of our Discord, go to draftcountdown.com. There's a link to join in the top right corner of the search bar there, Shane. Uh, a little movement in the top 10 for the draft order. We'll go through this really quickly. Uh, Houston still in the driver's seat by a game and a half. Uh, yeah, that- Holding on to that number one pick. (laughs) Steady, steady. Uh, The Seattle Seahawks, now the proud owners of the number two pick, thanks to the Denver Broncos. Uh, The Chicago Bears, uh, holding on at number three. The Detroit Lions, the six and seven Detroit Lions, uh, hold the fourth pick thanks to the Rams. And the Philadelphia Eagles currently picking fifth uh, for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Arizona, uh, they looks like they might be in prime position to move up now with uh, Kyler Murray being out for the rest of the season with a torn ACL. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts picking seventh, the Las Vegas Raiders eighth, Carolina Panthers ninth, and the Atlanta Falcons picking tenth. What's hilarious here about the Panthers and Falcons both picking ninth and tenth here is they both could be in the playoffs this time next week. It's fair, right? I mean, that that's where we're at with some of these divisions and, uh, you know, with, with what's happening. So I think it's interesting because we're going to get this week the Broncos against the Cardinals. So whichever team wins that game, jostling, you know, jostling around Seattle could, could get bumped down out of that two spot if Denver wins uh, at home against Colt McCoy and the, the Cardinals. And I, and I think it's shaping up to make – the, the top of the draft interesting because as we'll talk about tonight, I think we have two quarterbacks. We have two elite defensive players. Does someone want to move up? Are you willing to trade out of getting uh, Jalen Carter and Will Anderson, maybe two of the best defensive prospects we've seen in a while? Uh, that, that I think just that narrative is going to be interesting. If the draft order stays in its current incarnation, short of let's say Philadelphia selling the pick, you could see quarterback go one, which I think we're – I feel virtually assured that's happening. Yeah. But you may not see another quarterback go until seven in Indianapolis if the draft order holds and there's no trades. Yeah, it could happen. I mean, I, I think in that case, Philly moves that pick at I five, do too. right? I, I because – too, Yeah. You know, and I think Seattle and Detroit were two teams that we pegged as, as quarterback needy teams, but Geno Smith has emerged. If he resigns, he'll be a free agent. If he resigns, maybe Seattle doesn't need that. Uh, we've heard that Detroit thinks Jared Goff's their future. We'll see if that's legitimate or not. Um, he is playing more improved, I'll say that, than what we would have thought. So, yeah, just a thought. I mean, yeah. it could be it could be that situation. Uh, but, yeah, so that's, that's the top ten draft order of the NFL draft. 
as of this week, Shane. Um, we have had a lot of movement uh, in the 2023 NFL draft. Who's in, who's out. Transfer portal is buzzing. Uh, we've had some players coming back. Underclassmen declare. We'll start with the underclassmen first because those probably your more high-impact guys. Um, and I want you to add anybody I make because if anybody declared today, I didn't write them down in my little notes here. But um, probably the best player I think that maybe declared this week was Miles Murphy, the uh, edge rusher from Clemson, uh, along with Drew Sanders, edge rusher from Arkansas. Both of those guys uh, you're seeing rapidly uh, mocked in the first round in the mid to – teens 20 area and and a lot of mock drafts uh antonio johnson the safety from texas a&m who every game i watched play this year didn't play so that's that's encouraging i'll have to go back (laughs) some on him i guess uh tank bixby i know uh we're curious where he may end up falling uh rakeem jarrett i've been a fan of him the wide receiver from maryland has entered the draft and to a lesser extent, uh, maybe not known at this point, Nick Herbig, the linebacker of Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see, you know, Tank, like I said, Tank Bigsby. I like him. I don't know how athletic he is. I think that'll be a big question. We also had Jalen Hyatt, the receiver from Tennessee. Um, you know, he probably a first-round pick, I, I would think, at least top 50, and, and he made the uh, the jump today to, to the NFL draft. So Speed is his game. Yeah, I mean, he, he gets, got behind everyone and – won the Blitnikoff. So, so I think that's one way to, uh, one way to do it. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. I think that's, yeah, I, th- I think you got everyone else that I have on my list here. So it's good. Um, couple of guys that not in the portal that just straight up announced they returning. I don't think we talked about it last week, but I wrote it down anyway. A couple of quarterbacks here, uh, uh, Tyler Van Dyke from Miami, who, we had both had high high hopes on coming into the season, but for one reason or another, he uh, it, it wasn't good rough year. Rough <laughs> this year. year. Rough, rough year. Uh, but he is returning to Miami uh, next year. And Jordan Travis, who could become an intriguing prospect next year, uh, has that athletic upside and uh, improved this season as a passer, I thought, in the couple of games that I watched. So another, but he's returning to Florida State, and and he gets your boy Jaheim Bell going to Florida State. So more weapons for Jordan Travis. Yeah, I think I think he's probably maybe the, one of the more intriguing returns for guys that played well this year and could you know really move up the board um, outside of Michael Penix. Yeah, and and we mentioned the the the, the transfer portal was uh, busy this week as well, and you mentioned Jaheim Bell going to, uh, from South Carolina to Florida State. I honestly, I think that's going to be a good landing spot for him, don't you? Perfect. Yeah. I think it's perfect. They know how to use their weapons. We saw this year. So, uh, South Carolina also lost their uh, top running back uh, from last year. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd's battled injuries in his career at South Carolina, but the talent is immense when he's on the field. Uh, I don't know where he's going to land. I have a couple of guesses. I think I think he was a big fan of Marcus Satterfield, their old offensive coordinator. I don't know why, but he was. Uh, but so Nebraska becomes a landing spot for him potentially, and I think Maryland uh, also a landing spot is that is where he's from. So uh, a place to keep an eye out for Marshawn Lloyd, um, Grayson McCall, 
another quarterback prospect that we had talked about maybe third to fifth round area in this year's draft uh, entered the portal visiting Auburn this weekend. I think we both believe that's probably where he's going to end up uh, for, for Hugh Freeze next year. Austin Reed, the Western Kentucky quarterback who transferred up from D2 uh, West Florida, entered the portal, and he said, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going back to Western Kentucky. And he might actually play in the bowl game, Shane, so you'll get to see him uh, next Wednesday in the New Orleans Bowl, potentially against South Alabama. And two corners that we were high on at times, both from North Carolina, uh, Tony Grimes and Storm Duck, both entered the transfer portal. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting from – North Carolina team that struggled on defense. Tony Grimes was beat up all year. Storm Duck had to take everything. I think both those players can help a team. And, yeah, I'm excited Austin Reed's going back, too. I think that's good for him. And Grayson McCall, probably another name on my list of a guy that can move up if he goes to an SEC school, right, and does really well. Now it's going to be more of a pro-style system. That, that That's intriguing. Um, I will say that Hugh Freeze basically – Got Malik Willis drafted. So, right. right. I mean, you know, I say like more of a pro style than Coastal Carolina. There's, there's not a yes, high bar. It's still there. not a pro style. Uh, <laughs> but it's better better than Coastal Carolina watching. We're not talking split track. backfield here, West Coast offense or anything. No. But uh, yeah, so that that's interesting in the portal uh, this week. Um, we've been discussing the college football coaching carousel. Um, We've settled on three new coaches, I believe, this week. Maybe a, I think Kent State hired Minnesota's offensive coordinator. I didn't write his name down. Yeah, assistant head feel, coach, their RB coach. Yeah. yeah okay. So he's now the head coach at Kent State, replacing Sean Lewis, who left to go be uh, Coach Prime's offensive coordinator at Colorado. But uh, Troy Taylor, the Sacramento State head coach, uh, takes over for David Shaw at Stanford. Um, Ryan Walters, the defense coordinator for Illinois, who just worked wonders uh, for that defense this year, uh, took a dormant defense and made them the second best in the country this year. He's now takes over for Purdue, uh, where Jeff Brom left to go to Louisville. Um, North Texas replaced uh, Seth Luttrell with the Washington State offensive coordinator, Derek Hall, who was the head coach at Incarnate Word a year ago. And last, Navy uh, has parted ways with longtime head coach Ken Niamatololo. Uh, I just assume they're going to grab some assistant coach from one of these other service academies and they'll keep running the triple because that's what they do. They fired him in the locker room after the guy. I, I thought that was awful for a guy at 16 years in just right after the game. So they must have been planning it either way. Yeah, you know, you're not making that split decision, but yeah, I'm probably most excited for Troy Taylor, the the Sacramento State head coach, going to Stanford. I think it's a good fit. I think he's been successful where he's gone. It's a tough, going to be a tough spot, I think, with NIL and academics and and all that. But yeah, Stanford's had some good players. It's a good name still. So yeah, so that's the coaches, uh, the coaching changes this week. Uh, there's another one we're going to talk. We'll talk about that. Um, senior bowl this week, Shane, uh, we got a handful more of these, uh, the invites here. The exact count is 17 this week. 
So we'll go through them uh, quickly. A, a four-pack of Alabama Crimson Tide players bring the total number of seven to Alabama players here in Mobile this year. Uh, kicker Will Reichert, like I told you, that was the pretty much the easiest uh, easiest selection on our predictions list there. If, if Alabama or Auburn has a specialist <laughs> that's of any note, they're going to play in the Senior Bowl. Uh, Tyler Steen, the former Vanderbilt offensive tackle uh, this year with Alabama, will be here. Safety uh, slash corner, we'll just call him a defensive back, DeMarco Helms, who uh, did not have such a good game there against Tennessee, did he? No, that, uh, that, that was one of the roughest games I've seen, but they don't put him in good position. <laughs> um, but probably the best or prospect that we like the most of these four is tight end Cameron Latu. Yeah, man. I mean, I really thought he was going to explode this year, and that offense just wasn't at Alabama. Just wasn't what it was meant to be. He was hurt, multiple injuries. I think he's going to impress at the Senior Bowl. I think we see Watu's stock rise, maybe even to around three, four range uh, in Mobile. Um, I don't recall the last time a service academy player was drafted in the first round. I don't know if it happens this year, but if it does. Andre Carter could be that guy from Army, this long, lanky, just great finisher off the edge. A lot to like about Andre Carter. Yeah, I mean, I I think he has a shot to go. I I think it was something like 1946. Um, He'll he'll be the highest drafted since from Army since then was um, a running back, you know, won the Heisman, went second overall. So, yeah. Andre Carter, you know, even if he's not a first-round pick, it's going to be much higher than an Army player's gone in 70, 80 years. Yeah, I, I don't know if Rod – I don't want to say – I don't know the last service category player. We might have to look this up at some point. Drafted in the first round was. Um, Clemson, Tyler Davis, defensive lineman, Shane. Uh, you had him on your picks uh, to go here. What do you like about him? Yeah, just just a, a you know solid athlete, uh, and he's a player who is tough – in terms of the three technique, can rush the passer a little bit. He's you know he's stout against the run, like not flashy. He's not, I don't think he's going to be a high draft pick, but someone you plug in and he, he doesn't hurt you. I think a nice backup in the NFL. Um, Florida, uh, their other guard. Uh, we talked about Osiris Torrance. Uh, he's really good. Uh, Richard G- Garage uh, is the other. He'll be coming. Uh, Miami had a pair this week. I don't want to say head scratchers, but maybe not two guys we expected. Corner Tyreek Stevenson and uh, tight end Will Mallory. I didn't expect either one. I mean, I think Tyreek Stevenson, he was a transfer from Georgia uh, who I liked to Georgia and never really seemed to come through, but a good athlete. Will Mallory, almost similar. You know, Brevin Jordan held him off the off the playing time on the roster there, and then Will Mallory got hurt this year. Another very athletic player, so maybe, maybe they both have a chance to kind of bounce back in, in this game. Another potential first-round edge rusher from Notre Dame, Isaiah Foskey. Yeah, this one. This one I like. Yeah. I, I mean, guys that have, like, multiple double-digit sack seasons, tackle for lost seasons like him from a big school, they get drafted in the first round. It doesn't matter what else happens here. He's going to be – he's impressive. A pair of Buckeyes, Shane. I know you're excited about that. Zach Harrison, who uh, came on this season, 
And Dewan Jones, offensive tackle, and this guy's freaking huge, 6'8", 360. Uh, I mean, Dewan Jones, like the big dancing bear at offensive tackle, mental mistakes, he'll, he'll hold, he'll false start. But, like, you see the upside. That's what's intriguing with him. I can't wait to see him go against Zach Harrison in the pit uh, because, you know, I think that's going to be fun because Harrison – Great season, even if statistically it wasn't that great. He was in the backfield when he played, making tackles. Like, um, you know, we were talking about him last year. Like, we really like this guy. I think there's been a couple players like that who now a year later, hey, that looks pretty good. Oklahoma's Braden Willis, uh, fullback, H-back, tight end type here, right? Yeah, he's, he's kind of the, the fullback, you know, that old – Austin Stogner kind of position, um, you know, at Oklahoma, even with the coaching change, I feel like you still have that, that H back that's playing there. Braden Willis had done that for a while for them. And, um, you know, a good fullback maybe sneaks in the seventh round. A pair of corners that I'm really high on also came in in the last couple of days. Res John Wright from Oregon state. I feel like I talked about him a lot. And over the last two months I've really been talking up Darius Rush from South Carolina as basically the guy who's had to suck it up because team stopped throwing at Cam Smith. He got tested and he has shown through with flying colors. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see him. I think it's a big opportunity. Um, and like, like you said, like Kobe Bryant last year, people took notice because of that. Uh, offensive tackle from Tennessee, Darnell Wright uh, was a kind of a late on our radar a little bit this year, but uh, has emerged as a central top ten offensive tackle in this class. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's pretty well established that he he's got to be probably a day two pick, um, and I think that's right where it fits in in an offensive tackle class that needs a little bit of juice. And finally, last but not least, Shane, our other long snapper in this game, uh, Rob Soderholm from. The Virginia Military Institute. <laughs> well, I had him on my rankings pretty low. I have not watched him this year to move up. So uh, now I got to find some VMI tape and, and get uh, Solder home on there. I'll, I guess I'll bump him up to two on my long snapper rankings. Number two long now. snapper. Yeah. Lock it in. Especially because it's a weak, it's a, it's a pretty weak group. A lot of guys going back to school and whatnot. It's, it's long snappers, man. Uh, Less we'll talk about that, the the better off we'll be. Um, <laughs> all right, Shane. We, we, we tease talking about quarterbacks. We're, we're, we're going to. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's, let's do it. So we talked about quarterbacks, and the, we're going to get to our cover boy here from the, uh, the, the, the picture on the, uh, the video here. But let's, let's, let's talk about the top here. And we, we both agree the Houston Texans picking one, they're going to draft a quarterback. And we are both of the mind that it's either going to be Alabama quarterback Bryce Young or Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud. Both are really good. There's both to like about things to like about both of their games. Stroud has the better size. I think Young has the better mental makeup. Is that fair? No, I, I think it's fair to say. Um, I think at least we know that with, with Bryce Young with some of the games this year. It, it, to, to me, I, I like Stroud better. I think the size is a big issue. I also think 
Stroud has a little more of that zip on the football and that that you know some of those NFL outside back shoulder passes. Um, now he's playing with probably the top receiver in next year's class and Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, prop maybe a top 100 pick in Mika Buka. You know, he's got a lot going for him on that offense, and so I, and I think that's a and question. If you go back to his last year's tape, he was playing with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. And Jigba. <laughs> so could, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, who who could be a first round pick in this draft too? So, like, that's the question: Is the weapons making Shroud better, or? Some of these NFL throws, though, I think are impressive. He's not a guy that runs. Ryan Day doesn't want his quarterback to run. We saw Justin Field not run. You know, so um, Bryce Young's got to bring that athleticism. And I think Bryce Young's accuracy is just off the charts. And I think that's what you get with him and why I think a lot of the, the national people are putting Bryce Young number one overall at this point. You feel like you get Heisman Trophy winner, athleticism, ball placement, you can work with that in almost any system. I think Stroud's a little more of that throwback to a you know 90s, early 2000s quarterback. Is that what teams want? And we talked about that a little bit last week um, when some of the comps, uh, I think it was Eric Edholm and Jordan Reed, uh, were, were comping basically saying like Eli Manning or Jared Goff were a couple comps they threw out about C.J. Stroud, and we both agreed that you know those were kind of fair. Um, both of those were number one overall picks as well. Um, I have moved Bryce Young up to number one on mine because of everything you said right there. I think that if you are the Houston Texans and a team that is going to be poor of many resources, you're going to want a guy, I think, that you can that's going to elevate everybody from the down up. Not that Stroud can't do that, but I think that might be the mindset that they look for with Bryce Young. And so I, I'm going to move him ahead of Stroud for the time being. Um, things could change, obviously, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I'm going to keep Stroud there. And, and honestly, I don't know what it would take. The, the uh, testing's not going to matter with these two because they're right. not going to test. I mean, I, I guess the playoff game against Georgia, uh, I mean – if Stroud really puts up a, if he goes out there and dices up Georgia, yeah, <laughs> then, then, then we have to start reevaluating life. <laughs> or, or the opposite way, if he goes out and yes. lays an egg, you know, then you're oh, you know, what what are we doing here? Right? So right. I think that might be a determining factor for this tiebreaker. Yeah. So, so we're split on Young and Stroud for now, but I I think it's a good debate to have, and I think it's going to be a debate that. We're, this is probably not the last time we're debating this on this very show over the next four months. No, absolutely not. It's, it's going to be fun. All right, so let's 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 get the the giant gator in the room here. Let's talk about this. Uh, Anthony Richardson declared for the draft this week. Uh, to say opinions on him are mixed would be cutting that statement very short. Um, there are there are people I've seen that that will say he's QB one in this class. I've seen it. No, no way. I have seen it. I'm not saying that I value the opinion of the people who have said it, but I'm <laughs> saying I've seen it. Um, I currently have Anthony Richardson as QB six in this class. So I answer this question of is Anthony Richardson worth a one? No. And that's where I'm at. He's, he's six for me too. I, at this point, I think 
maybe I'm being a little facetious and he should be fifth on my board, but I, I'm going to be lower on him than consensus. It sounds like you are too going forward. I just can't recall a quarterback with this profile that, you know, one year starter. I mean, literally last season, I think he started one game, maybe two games. So 13 games he started. He's played for Florida as a quarterback, essentially. And, you know, has multiple games, three games under 10 completions, has a completion percentage under 54%. Like, you know, I can't, I can't find, I was trying to find a guy, Christian Hackenberg, you know, like the, the, that's like the name that comes to mind, um, you know, of, of a guy that struggled, but had the, the tools, the upside and went in the top 100. I couldn't find a top 100 quarterback that even fits what Richardson is. Now we're going to see the two point conversion play on loop. We're going to see the size and the speed and the strength. I mean, his workouts, he, he's, he's going to be a, a 10 score guy. Right. Like he's, he's going to be, he will. And, and I think that is what sells you, right? You have a six four two forty quarterback. that looks like Cam Newton running the football that can sell you. He's got an arm. He's got a live arm, but he can't, he can't hit anyone. You know, even in his you know best statistical game this year, throwing for 400 yards against Vanderbilt. I mean, he was under 60% completion. He was missing wide open receivers. Like I, how, how do you draft that in the first round? I, I, I think it's going to be a mistake. I mean, in my mock this week, I had him going in the second round to the New York Giants. I think that's like best case scenario, right? Put him, put him with Brian Dabble, who developed Josh Allen, and try to get something out of the, this. That's what it's going to take. Maybe maybe we look foolish at the end of this, but I, I just can't see Anthony Richardson as a quarterback. I do think you take him day two because and, – and Dennis just put this out in the chat – like worst case – you put him at tight end, and you have a guy that that's a heck of a tight end, you know. So I think there is a nice floor for Richardson in the NFL. You mentioned his RAS score. You know, who else had a ten RAS score that I was incredibly high on, and I'm not getting fooled by this again. Tyree Jackson. Oh uh, well, <laughs> yeah. Who I think could develop into being a nice tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles. So there's that. <laughs> but that's fair. Uh, little, little, little different uh, schools there, but you know. correct. But uh, throughout the years, I've been lower than consensus on day, uh, Daniel Jones. I had him in the seventies. Goes in the top ten. I think I ended up. I feel, I feel vindicated for that. I don't think Daniel Jones is a very good quarterback. Josh Allen, I also had in the seventies. Right. That right. one didn't work out. No. And then let's go back to last year, Malik Willis. And he ends up actually getting drafted, I think, in the 70s. So, you know, that one, the NFL agreed that that's where he should be selected. Um, I guess you're, hope, you're drafting Anthony Richardson in the first round. You're hoping he develops into Cam Newton, right? I mean, that's, 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 that's the dream. Right, a guy with that kind of running ability and athleticism, uh, but in reality, you know, I, I Malik, he's a bigger Malik Willis as a prospect to me. That's the accuracy issues with Willis were there too. Huge arm, he had no idea where he was throwing the football half the time, and I think that's the same thing with Anthony Richardson. Where we're going to look at is just the, the accuracy is so poor that. 
it's hard for me to overlook all of the other intangibles. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair. He, he also is going to have, you know, 15 pounds on, on Malik Willis and probably is as fast. Yeah. So I think athletically you're getting a, a better player. I, I mean, I, I agree with you. At least Malik Willis started for two years. At least you felt like you had something to work with. I think the footwork and the, you know, even, even the windup and just how he kind of points the football, I think is, is just way off. Um that I just can't recall the, the, the other quarter, the other top 100 quarterback that I thought of this guy started though, three years was Kevin O'Connell was the other one. Like that's the only other guy with this kind of statistical, you know, hit. Um, and, and like even, even Cam Newton, if you're saying, okay, that that's the upside, that's what you want to get out of him. I mean, Cam Newton, a 66% passer in college. It's not like he was missing guys like this. Kevin O'Connell was the San Diego State, right? And yeah, current now head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings, yeah. <laughs> so. so maybe maybe Minnesota drafts him late in the first round. <laughs> and like to me, that's an ideal situation yeah. where you have Kirk Cousins. He's not going anywhere. Like Anthony Richardson cannot play as a rookie. He can't. He cannot. Uh, I think that would be super detrimental. You need somewhere he can sit. You know, if the Giants sign Daniel Jones back or, you know, the, the Seahawks bring back Geno Smith, like that, that's where I want Anthony Richardson to go. If he goes to a spot where like, wow, they really need a quarterback and they draft him, that's that's scary. I, I think that's a problem if he gets forced in too early. So 1A, 1B right now, Young and Stroud, we're there. We both have Anthony Richardson six. I think we have differing fives, but uh, and probably fours for that matter. But um, so who's number three? It's Will Levis by default, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know who else you can put there. You know, I mean, if you really like Anthony Richardson or you want to ignore Hendon Hooker's torn ACL, I think I think it's like the two options you have. Will Levis is number three by default. I'm not a fan. Your comparisons have not been kind to him. I think he was a much better player in 2021. And I think injuries, the the offense, the weapons, I think a lot of things, you know, a lot of younger receivers who are very talented, but making mental mistakes. I I go back to that film and I say, okay, I, I get the hype. Like I get it. I wouldn't draft him in the first round, but I understand playing in a system that's going to super translate and seeing the year he had in 2021, like he's legitimate. But I, I think it's a chasm between the top two and him, in my opinion. Who is your number five? Tyson Badgett, Shepard. I can't rank him yet. So I, I haven't watched him yet. So I, I can't, I can't qualify him and I'm probably I'm gonna be honest I may not even I may just wait till the senior bowl at this yeah. point <laughs> my fears the senior bowl is gonna is what's gonna knock him down my board but we'll see what happens <laughs> um DTR is my number five. Oh, shri- shrine game DTR yes I, I I still like DTR and I I think he is more experience and a better passer and maybe not the same athlete, but he's not, he's not 
50% the athlete that Anthony Richardson is, you know. They're in the same league. Who, who's your four? Levis. I've still got Hooker third. You got Hooker third, okay. <laughs> I can't. Wow. All right. Levis will end up third just because by the time it's all said and done. But as of today, I've still got Hooker third. How, how close is, say, DTR to Will Levis for you? Because I think that I think that's a fair closer question. than it should be. Okay, yeah, I, mean, I think it could be fair. I guess with Levis, a question would be with especially now with the news this week that Liam Cohen, who was his offensive coordinator last year, who left, went back to the Rams, has left the Rams and is going back to Kentucky to be the offensive coordinator again after the was it Rich Scaramello? Is that his name? Did I pronounce yeah. that right? Scarangelo? I can, I don't know. Anyway, he was fired after one year and one has to think that part of the reason he was fired was will levis kind of you know fell off a little bit this year injuries contributed some but yeah i think i think the opposite game plans contributed a lot too but which yeah. part firing yeah it's like i think to to argue for will levis you got to make a lot of excuses for him which is never good. And NFL team's still going to take them super high. I think it's going to be really tough. We talked about the draft order for, you know, the Colts to pass on him, for the Panthers to pass on him. Like, I think it's going to be really tough for him, for Will Levis to fall out of the top 15 of this draft just because teams need quarterbacks. So two-part question is left here is who else is there and what what to do with Hinton Hooker? We'll, we'll do the second question first. Uh, so what do we do with Hendon Hooker? I mean, we have to base it off the ACL timeline that, you know, at the least he's missing the probably the first six weeks of the season. You have to think so. I mean, we've seen – I think ACL repair is getting much, much better very quickly. So I I don't think Hendon Hooker is going to get drafted to play – week one, right? Like it's that that's out anymore, even if you would be ready, quote unquote. So yeah, maybe pop list, bring them in, see what happens. Um, well, it would be NFI because he would not have been hurt in an NFL situation. No, right. Which makes sense. Um, I, I, so I, I really, I think for me, like I still like Hendon Hooker a lot, mm-hmm. but you know, he, he's going to be an older prospect. We know this. And, you know, he's still like, where's that draft capital going to be? I mean, you hate to have that influence, like my rankings and where I put put people and whatever. But ultimately, I mean, Hendon Hooker is like, if he gets drafted on day three, he's basically sunk as an NFL player, um, which I think can happen because of, you know, because of the age, because he's going to be over 25 years old and has a knee injury. So I, I, I think, I think Henry Hooker should go round three. I think someone should take him, sit him and see, see what you can do. Um, so personally to me, I, I think he's got to stay at four in, in my rankings. And I think it's going to be hard to overtake him unless Anthony Richardson somehow does a complete 180 and, these next couple months, um, I think Hennon Hooker's got to stay there, even if he falls to early day three. That's fair. Um, 
to answer this question, or what Dennis had in the comments, Houston cannot trot Davis Mills back out there again. They can't. <laughs> that 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 situation has to die. I mean, they're going with the two quarterback set now: Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll. So play Driscoll playing the Taysom Hill role, like it, it's dead. When, when they bench t- Davis Mills for Kyle Allen, it, it's all dead. They're That's drafting a the quarterback at one. And like, it's, it's um, so, so who else is there, Shane? I mean, you mentioned Tyson Badgett, um, but you're looking at what? What is the success rate for a D two quarterback in the NFL? Not, not great. <laughs> not great. Not, so not we're good. fighting uphill already. Uh, even if his dad – did you read the athletic piece? I, I, I did. I was like, that was even, a great piece. I, 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 I'm going to be honest. I, I hesitate to say anything negatively about the man because I don't want his dad ripping my arm off. The, the arm wrestling champion of the world. Of the world. Uh, <laughs> no. So, I mean, that leaves us with just looking at a handful of guys here. You've got Jaron Hall from BYU who we who we uh, believe – who hasn't – per Jim Nagy has a senior bowl invite. Uh, we're another another going to be 25 or right. close to it by the draft. Uh, Jake Hayner from Fresno State uh, is another guy. And then you have your Bo Nix, Stetson Bennett, guys who I have no faith at all in as NFL players. Others do, um, especially Nino. If you're listening, Nino, we, we know how you feel about Bo Nix. Uh, but one guy I want to talk about here who's on this list is um, Tanner McKee from Stanford. Because he's a name that you'll see in the occasional first round of a mock draft. Yeah, you shouldn't, <laughs> but you'll see it. Pro Football Focus uh, really likes Tanner McKee for some reason. Tell me why. Get, explain to me why they like him so much, and then explain to me why they're wrong. So you know, look, I, I think I think they like Tanner McKee because you have the, the offense of Stanford under David Shaw was a typical drop back, you know, pass. I think it's an easy evaluate offense, and so when you have a guy that's that's big with a big arm. I think things look good, much better to, you know, so I, I could see maybe for, oh, I'm evaluating kind of play to play, positive, negative, things look better than they are. Um, but, but you still have a guy who's, you know, who's 13 touchdowns, to eight picks with two of his top two receivers going to the senior bowl. Like there aren't bad players. He's not throwing to bad players. He, I, I think he was the thing that held the offense back. More than anything, you have offensive linemen that might tra- be transferring now, but are future NFL players. Like the Stanford offense had talent. EJ Smith played well, running back. Uh, I think Tanner McKee never lived up to the hype coming into the season. And honestly, he's touchdown to interception ratio has been bad the last two years. He's another guy who, um, you know, ha- has been around for a bit. I, I just don't, I don't know. I, I don't see, I don't see what there is to like about him i think you draft him day three i think he has the size he has the arm but he can't run like he can't move in the pocket this is to me a carson strong situation minus the injury that didn't end well although he's just signed today the arizona practice one take that for what it's worth that's good uh 
Is there anybody else we haven't talked about that bears mentioning? Because I haven't seen Sam Hartman declare for the draft, and I know he's a guy we've we've talked about before. So I don't know if he's going to be in this draft class or not. I, I don't think so. Uh, if I've heard some transfer rumors even for him. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think there's anyone else, right? I mean, I think the only other guys that have a shot, Clayton Toon is going to the Senior Bowl from Houston, very productive. Um, the only other players would be, I think, if Max Duggan pulls a surprise from TCU and declares, I think there's – it's going to be some rightful buzz for him. And then I think Spencer Rattler from South Carolina, just being former five-star number one recruit, there'll be some buzz for him. But outside of that, I just don't see anyone that's going to get decent draft capital. I mean, Willie Cunningham declared, I don't think he gets drafted. Um, so I think that's the end of this class. And when we say buzz, we mean like day three. Uh, right, right. Like get yeah. drafted. Just get you know. drafted. <laughs> People – Pe- name right, name recognition. Yeah. yeah. People name, will be excited. Right. People will be excited about him because they know the name. But yeah, we're, we're not getting ex- uh not getting excited over guys like Aiden O'Connell. Anybody <laughs> like that. Now after after getting hurt this year, like I think similar to McKee, he just didn't live up to expectations. I do think you're selling Bonex a little bit short, but I, I still don't. I still think he's a day three quarterback. Can't do it. I can't. I can't let one year at Oregon wash my eye, clear my eyes away of what I saw at Auburn. <laughs> can't do it. Um, maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong before, Shane. Yeah, I, mean, I have too. So quarterbacks so hard to evaluate. It's tough, um, it, and th- it, this, this it, class is tough. It would be different if we were the only ones that were, you know, not the best quarterback evaluators. The NFL is obviously quite bad at it as well. Very fair. All right, Shane, 12 bowl games uh, starting Friday into through Tuesday, and that's how we'll break up. Basically, the podcast will break up the week of what we'll call our bowl game weeks. So bowl game week one starts this week on Friday, Shane, and your, your extra game that was be, be, uh, bequeathed to you, the Bahamas Bowl, Miami, Ohio, and UAB. Um there's going to be some players we're probably going to talk about that have either transferred or opted out, and we're just not aware of it. So, yeah, there's a lot of opt outs. So, if you and... see a name on these primers over the next three weeks, let us know. Say, hey, this guy doesn't even play there anymore. We will take, we will cross him off the yeah. list. There's plenty. Uh, so, Miami of Ohio, not a whole lot this year to uh, get excited about. We had a couple of guys last year get excited about, but not so much. Uh, Dwayne McBride, uh, the runner back from UAB, uh, if still playing in this game, is the prize, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's still questions of if he will declare or not. Um, but, you know, playing this game, I think you should either way anyway, and he's going to be the guy that determines, you know, how 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 good the game goes and if UAB, UAB wins it. So, I should note that this game is at 10.30 a.m. on Friday. Uh, from Nassau. Uh, the Cure Bowl in Orlando. Uh, this is actually one of the better bowl games. I hate that it's being tucked away at 2 p.m. on a Friday. But uh, on ESPN, Shane, you'll be watching Troy, the Sunbelt champions, playing the UTSA Roadrunners, the Conference USA champions. A lot of good players in this game uh, to watch out for. You got Carlton Marshall, Jake Andrews from Troy. 
UTSA uh, wide receiver Zachary Franklin, uh, Joshua Cephas uh, also there, and DeCorian Clark was injured in the CUSA championship game. Not sure uh, what his status is uh, for this game. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good game. I mean, um, Troy ended up winning the conference, and you have UTSA that uh, high flying offense that seems to be sticking together and sticking in with Frank Harris going back to school. So that becomes you know, really interesting for them. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I, I like Jake Andrews. I like that center from Troy. I feel like I'm alone in that, in that at this point, but I'll, I'll ride it out. Um, Fenway Bowl on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. This, of course, has become quite contentious with uh, Scott Satterfield leaving Louisville to coach Cincinnati. Um, but this game will be played at Fenway Park in Boston. Um, Ivan Pace Jr., a uh, really good linebacker for Cincinnati uh, in this game. Uh, Leonard Taylor, solid tight end, late day three uh, tight end prospect. Their other tight end, Josh Wiley, uh, will be at the Senior Bowl but has opted out. Uh, Louisville, we've talked about uh, Malik Cunningham earlier. He opted out. He will not play in this game. Uh, Keisrell Clark, their corner, I know you're a fan of him. Yeah, I, I am a fan of him. I think – if, if he plays, I think it can really help. You know, I think it can really help him as well. We saw their receiver at Louisville, Tyler Hudson, declare for the NFL draft today. Um, so, so I guess we can know. cross him off. Yeah, yeah, I, I assume so. I, I was looking at his statement to see. You know, usually in the statement they'll be like, "Well, I've got to play in the bowl game." His uh, doesn't say that, so yeah, he's I'm going to assume he will not play in this one either. Uh, ultimately. Uh, Yaya Diaby, the edge rusher from Louisville, uh, in the senior bowl. Not sure if he is playing in this game or not. I haven't, uh, I haven't seen that, that uh, yet. Celebration Bowl in Atlanta between Jackson State, the SWAT champion, and the MEAC champion in North Carolina Central. Uh, we have no North Carolina Central prospects uh, on our list. Uh, we have a lot of Jackson State prospects on this list, or maybe they're Colorado Buffaloes now. I don't really know. Could go either way. <laughs> but I know one of them, uh, Aubrey Miller, is in the senior bowl. Yeah, I, I don't think he's playing. he's playing. No. I I think Dallas Daniels, the receiver, might be the only guy that's playing that uh, might, you know, might uh, end up I don't know, on a, in a camp. So t- tough, tough game for, for you there with that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Florida. Oregon State, Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, this, uh, this, the timing of this game was swapped. I don't know if you noticed this or not, Shane. You may have to adjust. Oh yeah, no, I, I didn't have. You may have to adjust your calendar here. One fifteen <laughs> on Saturday now for the Las Vegas Bowl, and the reason was they need twenty four hours to uh, get the field ready at Allegiant Stadium. The Raiders were scheduled to play on Sunday night, but because they suck, they got. Uh, um, flexed out and their game got moved to the afternoon. So in order to accommodate the field switchover, they swapped because he is, and since ESPN owns both games, they were able to swap the timing around uh, with um, the New Mexico bowl, which now goes on late, which we'll get to in just a second. Yeah. It's another one. Um, Jack Miller, Ohio State transfer, starting a quarterback for, for the Gators. So uh, he was the backup, I think, starting the year and got hurt. 
Um, so you know, it's not it's not not too far gone. But a lot of the Florida players are not playing that are going into the draft. Um, Oregon State, I haven't heard too much, but Joshua Gray, their offensive tackle, is going back to school, who I really like. Um, you know, Chance Nolan's going to play their quarterback. So my my might be. I think Jack State's favored because of all the Florida guys. I have I, I have selected Oregon State uh, on my little pick'em thing uh, because of that. I because I don't know who's going to play for Florida. Uh, yeah, and their other backup quarterback. Well, we, we're not really going to talk about him now because he's a scumbag. Um, the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl, two thirty p.m. on ABC. I'll be watching this one: Fresno State and Washington State. Uh, is J- Jake Hayner going to play? I haven't. I don't know. Maybe I believe I believe he is. Uh, I don't know about Jalen Cropper if he'll play. Uh, Jordan Mims, I believe, is going to be at the NFLPA. No, sorry, the Shrine. Uh, he'll be at the Shrine. Uh, Cameron Ward, uh, Washington State, has been okay. Dayon Henley, stud, going to be at the Senior Bowl. Uh, Derek Langford Jr., their Washington State corner, I like a lot. Uh, anybody else in this one, Shane? No, but I, I do think we're getting a, a pretty big contingent. Um, Jake Hayner is playing and going on Jimmy Kimmel because this is the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, Kimmel Bowl LA Bowl. So um, there you go. You get some publicity there. Uh, Nino says Nico Remigio uh, is, is a player to watch. Not bad. He's not bad. Uh, we don't we don't discuss freshman running backs on this show. Nino. <laughs> That's the Debbie Marketplace podcast you're thinking about. Yeah, subscribe where you listen to your podcast. <laughs> uh, the Lending Tree Bowl, 445 on ESPN Shane. Uh, I will be at this bowl game. Yeah, it's covering exciting. it for Draft Countdown. Uh, got the old credentials uh, this week and the uh, printed off the parking pass there before uh, we went on the air. So ready to go. Uh, Rice and Southern Miss. Uh, we are split on our opinions of Southern Miss wide receiver Jason Brownlee. <laughs> uh Frank Gore Jr., uh just a tremendous all-around talent uh for Southern Miss. Rice has a couple of wide receivers here to watch. Bradley Rosner, seventh year player, Luke McCaffrey, the uh, transfer over from Nebraska, I think it is, where he was a quarterback, now a wide receiver. Um and don't sleep on Akina and Nick Chikwu, the uh, edge rusher for uh, Rice. Not a bad player as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm sensing a big Frank Gore Jr. game here for Southern Miss. Uh, if he throws, catches, and runs for a touchdown pass in this game, it will not be the first time that's happened this season. There you go. Um, he got my all-purpose vote, by the way, on my uh, All-American. Uh, oh, nice, nice. I, I did. I cast that vote. Um, that normally goes to a kick returner, I guess, but, you know, I felt he more – Suited though, but New Mexico Bowl 6 30 p.m. on ABC. Shane, I'll be watching this one. We just talked about it with the time switch here. BYU and SMU, uh, in this one, uh, Jaron Hall. We talked about him earlier, the BYU quarterback. Uh, we love the linebackers, uh, for BYU. They've got a, a trio of those guys that can play. And Puka Nakua, uh, will be at the senior bowl. Don't know if he'll be at this game. Uh, SMU has been hammered by defections uh, before this game. Tanner Mordecai, the quarterback, is not going to play. Rasheed Rice uh, injured. Hopefully, hopefully, 
we'll uh, get to see him at the Senior Bowl. Fingers crossed. You will. Uh, yeah, you will. So we'll see uh, what SMU brings in this game. Apparently, they've robbed Miami because uh, they brought in like three transfers from Miami in the last couple of days. So, yeah, I mean, it looks like BYU is going to be fairly full contingent, and I think that's exciting. You know, uh, maybe this could be a big game for Tyler Batty, the, the edge rusher who's going back to school as well. Um, I, I think it might be good. Um, well, Penny Katoa. Uh, go out strong game, Shane for the brand. I don't think he's playing. I don't. I don't think he's playing. I think I Damn saw it. that he's he's hurt. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Yeah, he's rolled out for the bowl game. So. You you lost that one. The brand has dealt another blow. Uh, <laughs> f- the finale on Saturday night, Shane. You'll be watching the Frisco Bowl between Boise State and North Texas. Um. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say there's not a draftable prospect on the North Texas roster, at least none of the four players we have on this list. Because despite you trying to tell me that this 11th year uh, baseball player. He declared for the draft. He declared. Um, he's not any good. Uh, J.L. Skinner, whether he uh, he may or may not play in this game, uh, he will play at the Senior Bowl. Uh, he's He's the top prospect in this game by far and away. Yeah, I, I, I think Boise is going to have the talent advantage in this one, even if uh, guys like Skinner don't play. So uh, Monday afternoon on ESPN, the Myrtle Beach Bowl on the Teal Field there at Coastal Carolina, Marshall and UConn, Shane. Uh, the running backs from Marshall, definitely the players to watch here. Um, not a whole lot from UConn. No, though, you know what? They they fought hard this season. But, yeah, it seems like uh, Kalen LeBourne and Rasheen Ali, the running backs from Marshall, are going to play in the bowl game. So I think we could see them run wild in this one against a poor UConn rush defense. And, you know, I, I, I want to say LeBourne is out of eligibility, and uh, I imagine Ali will not declare. But, you know, LeBourne could definitely make a, make a team. Uh, Tuesday afternoon on ESPN, I'll be watching the – Famous Idaho Potato Bowl between Eastern Michigan and San Jose State. Actually, a couple players to like in this game. Uh, for Eastern Michigan, their edge rusher, uh, Jose Ramirez, very productive guy. Sidey Sal, the guard, Sidey So. Uh, Eastern Michigan is a – he's a fun player to watch if you haven't uh, um, caught him. Uh I didn't see this comment right quick. Uh, regards to Marshall, uh, Stephen Gilmore. I'm a fan of his. Uh, I don't think he's going to get drafted, but I am a fan of him getting to a camp. I think he can be a strong nickel. Going to the Hula Bowl. Going to the Hula Bowl. Uh, and he is the uh, younger brother of Stephon Gilmore. There you so, go. Good, good, good genes. Um, but yeah, uh, San Jose State. I like Elijah Cooks, uh, their wide receiver. And um, they have a couple of other uh, the edge rushers, Fahoko and um, Kate Hall, solid players. Yeah, Fahoko's going to an All Star game, right? I, I believe think so. He, yeah, maybe might be a shrine at the end. I think it is a shrine. So, I mean, I, I think he. I think Nehemiah have... Shelton is as well. Their uh, corner. I think he's also at the shrine. Yeah. So. I... You know, they probably will play in this game, and I think that's going to be a good evaluation because I, I think Vahoko has a lot of talent, but just uh, it should get drafted. 
Um, that brings us to the Boca Raton Bowl that night, Shane. You'll be watching uh, Liberty and Toledo. Uh, new coach at Liberty, Jamie Chadwell. Um, uh, Charlie Brewer, Baylor, former Baylor guy, Utah. Four other places. There's think he's still their quarterback. Uh, Toledo, Daquan Finn, fun quarterback there for, for the Rockets. Uh, don't know that he'll be uh, in this draft class, though. Yeah, I, I don't think Charlie Brewer's played too much this year. Keaton Salter probably yeah. will, will, will play in this game. Maybe Jonathan Bennett, but um, yeah, I, wasn't good anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, you know, it's but Toledo. I mean, Dallas Gantz, the high State transfer. Wrote about player. him last week, I believe. Uh, easy, uh, a couple weeks ago from the Mac Chato game. Yeah, I mean, he's played well at linebacker. I think he's played well this year. I think Toledo's underperformed, so I actually think this might be a really good bowl game. There you go. So that gets us through uh, week one of the bowl game, Shane. So you ready to get back into it this weekend? Yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I, I've missed it, so I'm ready. All right. Let's let's get to some questions here. Uh, we had maybe a we had a couple of like comments earlier here. Nino said Shane and Brian, the fire duo. I agree. I agree, Nino. That's a very, very <laughs> I, agree, good. I agree with that fire duo. Uh, Football Alliance uh, here. Everyone talks shit about long snappers until they need one. Man's not wrong. That's true. Man is not wrong. Um, Nino's asking, did Samson declare? I'm not sure what Samson he's talking Samson about. Samson Evans, the running back for Eastern Michigan. I, I don't think has declared, and I would guess not, but we'll see. Okay, do we have any questions in the Discord? I don't think we did. So our only question remaining here is from Twitter. And at Lord Looking ask, uh, if Ohio State linebacker Tommy Eichenberg were to declare, do you think he could be LB1 given the indifferent seasons for Trenton Simpson and Noah Sewell? Look, I think Tommy Eichenberg's had a great year for Ohio State. Um, I'm not sure he has the athletic profile to be linebacker one like Simpson and Sewell do. So even with down years, you know, and you still have guys like Jack Campbell and, and Dan Henley who have played really well. I think Eichenberg's a, a day two player, um, but I, I don't think he'll quite reach those heights if he declares uh, for the draft. And I'm sure Ohio State wants him back. He was probably the best player all around on the defense consistently this year. Um, so he's, he's a name, to, if he does declare, he's a name to, to watch for that could rise second, third round. There you go. So that's going to do it for the question. Shane, uh, sad news this week uh, out of Starkville. Uh, Mike Leach, the head coach for Mississippi State, former head coach at Texas Tech and Washington State, passed away after complications from a, I believe it was a massive heart attack. I believe it was the report that came out and uh, he did not recover. Um, we could talk about his eccentricities all day. Uh, Cause those were just all just fun in general. But I think there may, you may be hard pressed in the modern world of football in general, not just college, but high school and even now into the NFL to find a coach that's had a bigger impact on the modern game than Mike Leach. I mean, I think from an X's and O's perspective, 
he absolutely has. You know, the passing game would not be what it is without Mike Leach. And then the coaching tree, guys that he coached as players or, you know, guys that he uh, coached under him, our head coaches in the NFL and college football, like Mike Leach made a, a big impact in that way too. He was, he was a teacher. He was a leader. Um, yeah. And definitely, you know, some great draft prospects under him. Michael Crabtree always springs to mind first of his dominance had a long NFL career. Uh, people forget Wes Welker was coached by Mike Leach, right. Who yeah, didn't go up. Yeah. D- didn't get the respect, you know, he deserved. And obviously we've seen Gardner Minshew, uh, make an impact there. So yeah, the, I, I love that he was so blunt and uh, you know, if you haven't, if you've never heard the, uh, the Oklahoma, Texas story, when he's the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma uh, dropping a fake play sheet for Texas coaches to pick up that ended up getting Oklahoma uh, up three scores early in the game. You got to check that out. Um, yeah. And anybody who hasn't, I believe Bruce Feldman wrote the book. Uh, it's called Swing Your Sword. Uh, I'm sure you can find a copy of it on Amazon or go to your local library. That's what I did when I got the book and read it. And it was awesome to read about how he, you know, I mean, he never played college football. He never, you know, and dude had a law degree from Pepperdine, which is in Malibu for anybody who doesn't know that. (laughs) And uh, gave all that up to work for like, five grand a year as a assistant coach at Iowa Wesleyan D3 school and then joined up with Hal Mummy at Valdosta State and you know they started their rise there and then he gets the BDOC at Oklahoma and that program takes off and then he gets the head gig at Texas Tech and then was unceremoniously uh, let go there because Craig James is trash and then moved on to Washington State and, you know, left there to be at Mississippi State where, you know, he is today. Um, Mississippi State will play in the bowl game. Uh, they announced that yesterday. They said all the players wanted to play. And I believe the AD, I'm going to paraphrase here, but he basically said they play the game where there's a damn pirate ship in the stadium. We have to play. That's, so, that's good. That's good. And I, I really, love the I love that they hired from within for the for the yeah. head coach as well. Yeah, yeah. the uh, interim coach was a defense coordinator. I can't uh, his name's. I've, I've seen it ten times a day and forgot his name. But they, he was the interim coach, uh, and then they just went ahead and just removed the interim tag and let 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 him continue continue on. My guess would be that they'll tab one of his other branches off the tree there to come in as be the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, Heck, Zach Arnett, uh, Zach Arnett, Zach Arnett. Yes. Uh, and you know, th- there may be one of those, uh, one of those branches comes available here in about six weeks. Just, that's just true. saying, just, that's just, true. just saying, I don't know how much long Cliff Kingsbury is going to be for the national football league. Um, but yes, uh, I really hope that Mississippi state pays tribute to him, wear some damn black helmets with some skull and crossbones on them or something during the game. I mean, I think that'd be pretty awesome. Uh, if they did something like that. But, yeah, Mike Leach, uh, innovator, funny guy. Um, one of one, as somebody put it, I think, earlier this week. That's great. So that's going to do it, uh, the podcast tonight, Shane. any I can't help but notice there's a championship belt over your uh, right shoulder there, Shane. 
<laughs> yes, I, I I won one of the more prestigious college fantasy football leagues in the country, the Kings Classic, uh, which we drafted live at the Fantasy Football Expo run by John Laub, who's an excellent uh, college football mind. But I won my first year in the league, and I took home the belt, so I get to keep this belt forever. Um, some nice photos floating around Twitter if you want to check them out. Or in our Discord, I, I posted it. Good stuff. Good stuff, Shane. Uh, that's, that's pretty awesome. I'll take it. Uh, so that's going to do it for tonight. Uh, if you're uh, new to the YouTube channel here, like our videos, uh, hit the subscribe and the notification, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell so you get notified whenever we go live with these uh, videos. If you listen to us on audio, be it podcast, uh, Apple Podcast or Spotify or wherever, you get your podcast. Uh, give us a nice five-star review there. Share that out amongst your peeps. And uh, follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Howell. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. Go to DraftCountdown.com for all of your daily NFL draft needs. For Shane, Brian, good night, everybody. <laughs>